into the contest. It is Monday, May 2nd. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, we caught up on Friday, of course, a uh, wonderful lunch with Lee. Fascinating um, listening to Luke Rickardson and George Gregan and it was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, we were in Darlinghurst, Tim, having a nice lunch at Kinsella's. And, uh, yeah, it was good to catch up with uh, with Georgie Gregan and, and as you said, uh, Luke Rickardson to talk all things uh, rugby union and rugby league and uh, a little bit of insight into what the boys are like away from the, the spotlight. But, uh, yeah, it was a good laugh, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I really did. So uh, lunch with Lee. It's a must listen today on the show. A couple of interesting omissions from the Australian cricket team. Boris Becker goes behind bars and all the AFL and Rugby League. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Marcus Harris, Glenn Maxwell, not going to be there in this test squad for, for Sri Lanka? Yeah, look, Marcus Harris personally has had a pretty good domestic season with Victoria, mm. but look, at the top level, Tim, he's been given a, a more than a fair mm. go, I, I would think. So he misses the tour to Sri Lanka, as does Maxwell. Maxwell will, uh, I think, participate in the shorter versions of the uh, the game, but at this stage he's left out. It's pretty much due to Usman Khawaja's form in recent times in, in the last in the wow. last tour, and uh yeah, so Marcus Harris is goes into Test cricket wilderness, um, not being part of this tour to Sri Lanka. Usman Khawaja is going to finish with one of these hussy type um, batting averages and, and cricket careers, isn't he? What a bloom! Yeah, he's just really worked out his game at the age of thirty five. I think he's very balanced as a person. Um, he's a father, and he's just really comfortable where where he you know he sits in his own skin. And he's got his game down pat as well. So playing really, really well. It's going to be a big test once again for the guys to play in Sri Lanka. Although saying that, we did really, really well in the, the recent tour in the subcontinent. Oh, he's great to watch. His batting average at the moment at test level is 47.2. Mm. Usman Khawaja. So he really has uh, gone ahead in leaps and bounds. All I've felt, to be honest, um, obviously he's done the wrong thing. But you do feel a, a deal of sadness don't you, when you see someone like Boris Becker uh, for your and my generation, this guy was phenomenal, wasn't he? Winning Wimbledon at 17 to descend to the depths of, of where he is now in jail. He's in jail for two and a half years, Tim. Um, he's lost seventy or $68 million since since his career started. As you said, he won at 17. He's, won, he's a six-time Grand Slam champion, winning three Wimbledons. And basically, he's been jailed for insolvency issues and not sort of they believe he's been hiding millions of dollars, including two Wimbledon trophies. You won't say where they are. Mm. Um, they basically want to take take hold of these trophies and sell them off and, and get as much money back as they can. But, yeah, I think he's been um, caught up. They said he had a sleeping pill addiction, um, which then he sort of added booze into the situation. And and then he had that um, incident in the cupboard where he fathered a child and uh, yeah. he's had a messy divorce as well. So 
But he's blown up $68 million. That's a lot of, lot of cash. Yeah, just lightening the messaging, lightening the subject. Yeah. Um, that's pretty clever stuff, isn't it, in, in, your, in, your, in your cupboard, um, really, um, to be able to <laughs> achieve that goal. Anyway, um, let's look at the world game. Let's look at the world game. I'm loving the fact that, that all these Premier League sides are about to descend on Australia over the next few months. But Sam mm. Kerr, um, her name, as we sort of look pretty closely towards this World Cup, the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in 2023, and uh, named the best player in England. She's just a phenomenal player. Yep, she's uh, it's another another big award for her, winning the best player in England. Um, that's for the for, for the women. He, uh, that she goes alongside Mohamed Salah from Liverpool, who was voted uh, England's best male footballer of the year. Mm. Um, and an outstanding achievement. Yeah, just just fantastic. And to other Australians that are doing phenomenally well. Um, uh, those that love their NFL will remember um, the refrigerator. He was known as the the, mm. the, the, the big man a number of years ago. Uh, well, an Australian has now taken that title. NFL hopeful Daniel Fa'alele. He's nearly 180 kilos, drafted for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, tell you what, he wouldn't leave much at the buffet. <laughs> you wouldn't like him to fart in your last pound of flour, that's for sure. <laughs> He's 203 centimetres, 174 kilos, the heaviest guy in the NFL ever. Um, if he maintains that weight, and he's obviously the, the heaviest guy in the NFL right now. So, yeah, um, drafted there, which is a big, big achievement. Look, he hasn't been playing um, NFL football for that long, but a man that size who hasn't really trained with weights either is going to make a huge impact, I think, in the NFL in the coming years. Yeah, well, fascinating round of AFL on the weekend. Last night, that Swans-Brisbane game, Buddy Franklin had a, a huge start to that third quarter, but that and um, the Swans weren't enough to beat a very good and consistent Brisbane side. Well, Brisbane now are 6-1. and one. They uh, beat the Swans 113-89. to 89. They lost Joe Denneher, their, their key forward, in the second half. And as you said, Lance Franklin came back uh, with three quick goals to really sort of inspire the Swans. But they were just too good, Brisbane. Particularly, they, they won every ball around the ruck um, in, in the middle of the field. And then they put five unanswered goals on the end there. And uh, it, it was tough to watch being a Swannies man, but Brisbane are the real deal. Port Adelaide, something to smile about. It was a nail-biter, but... They got there by a point over St Kilda. Very low scoring game, Tim. Forty-three to forty-two over St Kilda, but that that gives um, St Kilda their second loss um, and gives um, Port Adelaide their second win. So, yeah, Port Adelaide getting a little bit of momentum now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jack Ginevan, uh, we saw him get booed after playing a phenomenal hand in Collingwood's win over Essendon on Anzac Day, and again, he's showing that's no flash in the pan. He's only a teenager. That contender for goal of the year was phenomenal. Yeah, it looked like he had bees on him. He Amazing. Was, yeah, oh. jumping around. He's only, he's only 19, Tim, as you said. He had a really good Anzac Day match. Um, he's very little as well, and he's got bright blonde hair. Um, but uh, then back up after the Anzac match, he's not a one-shot-in-the-arm one sort of guy. He uh, took four marks, uh, two tackles, 11 disposals, and kicked another three goals. And, as you said, is in, in contention for the goal of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Stay with us right where you are. We cover all the sport, life in cupboards, of course, and there's much to come. NRL, <laughs> boxing, F1 and more. All right, Rugby League. Rugby League, the greatest game of all. Your Dragons, Ben Hunt 
I mate, I said this at the start of the year. He is one of the players of the competition. He is outstanding and, again, put his stamp on that win over the Tigers yesterday. Yeah, 12-6 over the Tigers. And the Tigers, geez, they lacked some flair and attack, didn't they? But uh, the Dragons good in defence once again. So it wasn't a totally bad weekend mm. for me. The Swans lost, but uh, the Dragons won. So, uh, But, yeah, another consistent game from the Dragons. But the Tigers, yeah, they're really lacking some flair there. Stories at two ends of the spectrum here. The Melbourne yep. Storm just rattling points. They look, look, it looks so compelling, this idea of a Melbourne Penrith grand final. It's almost impossible to think that any other team is going to be able to knock them off along the road. Melbourne have just wiped Newcastle away. And Newcastle, well, they're just sliding down the slippery pole, aren't they? We've joked a few times, Andrew Johns is part of the coaching staff. They need a guy like that to be playing because they, they're looking awful. Yeah, and they're wooden spoon favourites now, uh, the Knights. And, yeah, 50-2, to two, uh, they just look terrible. Look, the Storm uh, are a very, very good team. It's funny that the coach of the Knights has come out and said he was actually... He said, "You might might think I'm uh, I'm off my head, but I'm actually quite proud of the guys mm. have improved." But gee, we is fifty to two. Yeah, well, it's not so much as it <laughs> like fifty to two. <laughs> They've improved. I mean, it, like I don't care. I don't care Come who on. you're playing. Someone's not tackling, are they? If you're losing fifty to no, two. No. Uh, look, Brandon Smith. Uh, he's got so much ability. He's got this, this sort of real strength. This nugget, but um, he continues. He shouldn't say too much, should he? And again, he's overstepped the line. I, I think he's headed to the Roosters, I think, next season. Yeah, well, the Roosters need him after losing to the Bulldogs 16-12. to 12. Um, But yeah, he's been caught or overheard saying something to one of the PNG players in sort of pidgin English. Um, mm. It wasn't picked up by uh, the um, most of the audience, but the PNG uh, followers have said that he was he was using a term with sexual overtones. So, yeah, and he said he doesn't know what it means, but come on. If you're saying something like that, you do, and uh, he just keeps doing stupid stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. So, look, he, he needs to take a, a little trip to the room of mirrors and have a good look at himself, I yep. would say, Brandon Smith. Mm. Now, the Bulldogs, yeah, well done, the Bulldogs. They, they beat the Roosters, but that was a, that was a pretty poor game of football. Um, the Roosters, look, a lot, of, a lot of speculation. Andrew Johns, I think, had suggested to Trent Robinson that they need to flip Keary and Sam Reynolds. But at this stage, they are looking like just a misfiring engine. Uh, the Roosters, uh, at this point, they're going to need to beat the Titans and mm. beat them well this weekend. Meanwhile, Cameron Munster, uh, quite in contrast, is just getting better and better and twirling his mow, I think, at the prospect of how much money he's going to get going forward. Uh, it looks like the Dolphins are going to be all over him like a cheap suit. I think so. And uh, what about Braithen Nasser being his agent? <laughs> Braithen Nasser's hosting the NRL shows. He's, he's player agents. He's got his finger in a few pies, hasn't he? But uh, He's got a few plates spinning, which he, is sensible, clever. He, I, I yeah. always think it's – as long as you're not um, overstepping – the other line, it's probably clever to do that. Yeah, well, and he's obviously putting out the feelers here saying that potentially the Broncos could come into consideration now mm. uh, with Cameron Munster. Look, he's been offered 750 a year. He's on 750 a year where he is now. Um, but he's worth a million dollars, this guy. And I think you mentioned only a week or so ago, Tim, that there's not many players that are probably worth a million dollar a year tag, but I definitely think he's one of them. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, he's yep. he's a very yep. good footballer. Uh, and look, look, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think he's straightened a few things out which he needed to do. Now, the world of boxing. What about this name, Katie Taylor? That that's uh, that was fantastic. Had everyone gripped. Uh, I watched this fight. Katie Taylor uh, uh, retains the status as undisputed uh, lightweight 
um, champion uh, defeating Amanda Serrano. This is not the best female fight of the year. This is the best fight of the year I've ever seen. Like these two uh, in front of 19,000 people, Madison Square Gardens, it was the rumble of the New York jungle, mate. These girls just traded blows. It was a full-on, technically very good fight, but they are tough. And it was, um, if anyone can watch a replay of this, have a look at it because I've never seen two um, humans go harder at each other than, than this and uh, and and maintain um, their composure. It was, it was amazing to watch. What about these netballers continuing to have a crack at each other? They hate each other. This uh, this is the Lightning versus the Giants. And the two captains, Stephanie Wood and, mm. um, and Joe Harton, they went head-to-head. They were trying to do the lip-reading and seeing what they were saying to each other, but... Uh, I don't think you need to do that to get the transcript. They just hate each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we've seen a little bit of physicality. Netball trying to put mm. a little bit of vigour on the edge of uh, – look, it's a very compelling um, game at lots of levels, netball. So much participation, so many good crowds. They probably um, – you know, this not may not be by design, but – uh, you know, netball probably needs a couple of stories like this, you know, from time to time. Yeah. You need a little bit of uh, theatrics and things going on. Not everyone getting on and the odd argument and this, that and the other. Now, um, wrapping it up today, it looked like you had a wonderful weekend. I, I love that beautiful big piece of fish that yeah. you cook, which you posted on your Instagram. And what is your Instagram if people want to follow you again? I'm at lunch with Lee. I'm at lunch with Lee. Yeah, jump on and follow. Shane often puts up some of these masterpieces that he cooks and he washed it down with a lovely O'Brien's beer. <laughs> but you also, also like me, uh, visited a number of sporting grounds for your children on the weekend. Yeah, was, we're at uh, netball, we're at basketball, we're at soccer with Thomas. And then Thomas started uh, the AFL, the Little Kickers, um, oh, yeah. on Sunday morning. So I went down there and uh, one of the first drills they taught the kids were just they were standing all sort of in a line and kicking the, the AFL Sharon towards the goals. And, and a number of the dads that I didn't know, we were sort mm. of standing behind the post and just kicking the balls back to the kids. Well, I sort of just got in the zone a bit, Tim, and uh, with these seven-year-olds kicking the ball at us, I decided I was going to take a mark at one stage. I didn't realise this poor dad, um, I don't think he'd played much football or any sport in his life, this guy, because the way he was trying to catch the ball, but he sort of backed into me, and next thing I knew, I'm sort of on his shoulders <laughs> taking a specky. <laughs> up and, there, Gazzali, uh, up I know, there, and then, uh, One of the dads just spat his coffee out laughing, and uh, I just said to the guy, mate, your, your first session, buddy? <laughs> oh, I hope he didn't do his ACL joint. <laughs> well, no, I did come down hard, but I still kicked the goal, Tim. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsor, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. And, of course, our wonderful producer. He was there on Friday doing a wonderful job, Mr. Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.